This is Toledo Symphony Lab, a behind-the-scenes look at the world of classical music from WGTE Public Media and your Toledo Symphony. I'm Brad Cresswell. Joining me today are the Toledo Symphony's president and CEO, Zach Vassar, principal second violin and artistic administrator, Merwin Sue, and the TSO's marketing director, Felicia Canny. We also have a very special guest in the studio with us, and that is Janet Amid, who is an astrological counselor. You may know her from her many appearances on KISS FM. And now, Janet, where, where did you say that you're also on? Um, 93.5. 93.5 Tuesday morning, well. 7.45 yes. a.m. As yeah. they say, another network. Yes, right? with, Lennon, <laughs> with Lennon Cliff, yes. Yeah. Yes. So you've come in to help kind of shed some light on this whole astrological aspect of the planets by I Gustav so. Holst. Mm-hmm. The concert uh, is February 2nd and 3rd. That's at the Paris style, 8 o'clock p.m. The planets paired with the music of Richard Strauss, also Sprach Zarathustra. If you don't know the title, just think of the music from 2001 A Space Odyssey. You can find more information at ToledoSymphony.com. Call them up at 419-246-8000. That's the box office number. And uh, Gustav Holst's Planets, that's something that I have seen a lot of symphonies, including TSO, pair with pictures of, uh, you know, the actual planets, astronomy, kind of taking Mm -hmm. us through the solar system as we play the music. But... There's also that astrological component. In fact, it may even be more important when discussing the creation and the uh, distribution of the planets and how the whole suite came together. And Merwin, as I understand it, has done a little bit of research, no pressure, has done a little bit of research on uh, astrology and as it applies to Holst. Do you want to kind of give us a little primer? Well, I think it's fair to say that Holst himself was not an astronomer. He had very bad eyesight and would certainly not have been one to be using telescopes to make his own observations. Um, However, there was a lot of things that were kind of coming into Holst's life concurrently, and it's hard to say what came first and what came second. But he was very into um, Eastern spirituality mm-hmm. and kind of through that, um, through kind of a detour into theosophy, became very interested in astrology. Very, very interesting combination of events. Um, he met Clifford Bax, who is the brother of the composer Arnold Bax, and um, kind of became very, very interested in mm-hmm. a lot of Indian sacred texts to the point where he actually learned Sanskrit himself um, and did translations of right. these sacred texts for his own operas. And he also set choruses. Absolutely, yes. In English, I might yeah. add, English yes. translation. Now, Clifford Bax was an astrologer, yeah. right? Yes, and very – and. That was something that became very interesting to Holst, not just in terms of um, kind of creating charts for his friends. So that was something that he did really all throughout his life. Mm -hmm. But he became kind of interested in how astrology and theosophy tie together, this sense that there is kind of this divine wisdom that underlies the world great religions. But also there's this kind of root in the East. He felt that... um, Theosophists like Elena Blavatsky felt that there were um, these existing Mahatmas who lived in Nepal or Tibet and were kind of fonts of wisdom. And they actually had a very kind of um, specific view about what each planet kind of communicated mm-hmm. in terms of how it affected the human psyche. So. So when Holst created the planets, I think there was this combination of 
astrology and theosophy that created this um, very interesting ascension from Mars through to Neptune. That's yeah. a very theosophical sort of um, ascension. I, I've heard it characterized also as sort of his um, uh, his idea of the progression of life and maybe his life. So it was a little mm-hmm. autobiographical, you know, so he had a bit of a rocky start. So starting, <laughs> of course, with uh, Mars, the, the order of these planets are Mars, <laughs> Venus, Mercury, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a, it's a suite that takes about I don't know fifty minutes or so, or so yeah to perform. So it's Holst uh, actually recorded the the, the yeah. suite as a conductor, and his tempi are very quick. So yeah. I think <laughs> so he did he, it in just over forty minutes. Yeah, he really burns through them. <laughs> well, so maybe it should be as, closer to forty. We, we should also <laughs> say that it was a nineteen twenties recording, so those sides went very fast. It's so true. It might have it's been true. a but physical as uh, as uh, Janet uh, Amid is about to tell us, uh, it may have just been due to his being a neurotic mess. Because, um, <laughs> well, I took the liberty of, of, of printing out Holst's chart, which exists because of his interest in astrology, and I handed it over to Janet. And we, I want to get your first impressions of Gustav Holst. Well, what I what I found is is that there's a thing called an as, aspect called an inconjunction. His sun sign is in Virgo, so he's at a late degree mandate degree Virgo sun sign, which is twenty eight twenty nine, um, which basically means he's on the, he's right on the edge of going into the next sign. Anytime someone's at a twenty nine degree aspect uh, and they're moving into the next sign, they have one foot here, one foot here. So mm-hmm. he's always in conflict with himself, and that OCD aspect kicks in, especially mm-hmm. with Virgo, because it's very methodical, analytical sign ruled by Mercury. And it's interesting because his moon, which rules his emotions, his feelings, his heart, the core of who he is, the essence, is in the sign of Aquarius, but it's at one one fourteen degrees-ish. So that basically means that there's a, what we call an inconjunction, although it's out of degree, because sometimes when you look at astrology, you look at 20 or 0 to 29 degrees, and his moon sign and his sun sign were very far in terms of the degree aspects. But when you look at Aquarius, it's like, you know, and then Virgo, you put them together. Together, it's like taking Bernie Sanders and putting a tutu on him. You know, you have this. <laughs> well, you know, thanks for putting that I'm image just, in my head. I'm just Helpful. Saying, Helpful. Sorry, it's like you have this conservative aspect to the person, which yeah. is the Virgo sun, and then you have this moon in Aquarius, which is this unpredictable, erratic sort of personality. Mm-hmm. So many, you can tell that at many points in his life, he tried to be more of a conservative, you know, trying to keep himself straight and narrow, but it's almost like he had this sort of like bipolar thing going on. And his relationship with his mother, I mean, really, this, <laughs> it was hugely um, difficult. I mean, he had some major issues with his mother. He went through that his whole life, and he quit he questioned his purpose. He was, you know, interestingly enough, he was always on this quest to find himself. So he's seeking out knowledge all the time. He has all these Virgo aspects, Libra aspects, and then you combine them with Aquarius. The Libra and Aquarius go well together, <clears throat> but the Virgo and the Aquarius do not go well together. No. There, there's a so he. That's what made him so unique. That's what made him an explorer, and that's what made him so, you know, much on this higher path of Theosophy and everything else. Because he he stepped out of the box, and yet he would step back in the box, you know, mm. at different intervals in his life because he had this sort of neurotic thing. I should be normal, and yet at the same time he had wanted wanted to explore so i found him to be very interesting and on top of the whole aspect we don't i think this is his time at birth he has an aquarius ascendant 
So when you look at an Aquarius ascendant with planets in the 12th house, 12th house is isolation. People that have planets in the 12th, I mean, some his moon is there. That's isolation. That says, you know, I don't want anybody in my business and in my space. But then his sun sign, his Mars and his Uranus fall into his seventh, which means here I am, look at me. But then at the same time, he's back over here going, but I'm OCD, I'm neurotic as can be, I want to isolate and hibernate, don't get into my business. But then he's back out here in the public. So he's really... Yeah. He's an erotic mess. Well, <laughs> well, this is somebody who... But a genius. This is somebody who, because of his fame, would constantly <laughs> get interviews and autograph requests, and he would hand out cards. I don't yes. give out autographs. Oh, I don't, wow. I didn't yeah, know I don't, I don't. I don't do well, interviews. Well, he was a neat freak. Yeah. He just could <laughs> not... He could not actually do this. And I think it's interesting you speak of these sorts of, you know, you actually use the term conservative and not... There is this very political aspect to the planets, because yeah. one of the great themes of the planets has become known as a British patriotic hymn, I vow to thee my country. Yeah. Um, Holst was a socialist. Yeah. And I believe that. That was not anything I mean, he felt like he both had to. He you know, he he enlisted for the British war effort. Um but he what so he did want to contribute, but this is not how he would have wanted his music See? to be remembered. Yeah. Yeah. This See, is he, World he, War One. Two different about. two different aspects to his personality. You're absolutely correct. And you can see that in his chart. And what's interesting, he was obsessive about money, but he wasn't materialistic. Does that make sense? He he liked to he, he was obsessive. <laughs> I don't, I, <clears throat> I'm the same way. Wait, no, no, I he, think I'm the opposite. And he, he was also I had to, I don't know if I should say this, but I, I'll say it. He was odd about issues of intimacy. So I wondered about him with children, whether he had kids or not. Because when I looked at this, I said, "Man, this guy was you know a little bit um, secretive about things he mm-hmm. did. He was a little bit." you know, isolated in that area too. He did not reveal himself. There were things about this man that um, were very different. In this day and age would be more accepted, but in that day and age it was not. So he had a lot of issues there, but he was very highly intelligent. His Venus, which rules his uh, relationships is in his ninth house in Scorpio, which is indicative of somebody who's, you know, very theoretical, philosophical, um, you know, questioning their purpose, all of those things. He, he would have been a good writer, musician, as we mm-hmm. indicated. <laughs> and, um, but boy, his relationship house, really not great. I mean, <laughs> I'm definitely like not, <laughs> I'm definitely not letting you do my chart. <laughs> At least not You're out here. find out yeah. all my secrets. <laughs> Did he have siblings? Because he had power struggles. He did have a daughter. Uh, He he had issues there. There there were issues. It's interesting that you mentioned the uh, isolation aspect. You know, he used to teach. He he taught at a place called St. Paul's School Mm -hmm. for Girls. It it was a a girls' school. Mm -hmm. And they actually built an extra wing and created a special room that was soundproof where he could go to get away from all the cacophony of, you know, people taking classes and practicing and what have you. He had a soundproof room where he could go and get away from it all and compose and write. Wow. Wow. That's wow. Built for him specifically. Wow. That fits that's, to your isolationist yes. comment, right? Yeah. And his and his relationship with his mother, I want to say it was it was very close. It wasn't a difficult it was close. It was almost enmeshment. He might have been a mama's boy or something, mm-hmm. you know. And but his oh. dad, his father, oh my gosh, there was a the, quite a bit of discord and distance in his father. Do you, would you know anything about his father? Because I think he was distant. I, I don't think I know enough no. about it to speculate. His father did yet. not approve of his his um his 
work. <clears throat> he had a lot of issues. He went to his grave having issues with his father hmm. still. So that's something I felt very strongly about him. But his he loved his mother deeply, but the, it was a very... It was a very neurotic relationship because he was enmeshed with her. He's like never cut the, you know, the, 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 what do they call that? The strings or whatever. The cord. The cord. Cut the cord. Yeah. That's my Arabic coming out. I forget <laughs> words. You know, <laughs> I do not have an excuse. <laughs> so it's just very interesting. He's a very interesting man. He really is. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You could see that. I wonder how all that translates to <clears throat> the planets and the various movements. Well, I, I would like to listen to just a little bit of the music. I put together um, a, a three minute little audio. You could say it's a quiz. I took an excerpt from each planet and mixed it up a little bit. So if you can just sort of guess what the order is, oh, right? And we go okay. along. Now, Janet, I'm not expecting you to, to, to guess all this, but I, who knows? You know, maybe you can get a feel for it. Some of these are, are really well known, but uh, let me pull it up here and just we'll run right through it. Actually, this is I Vow to Be My Country. Yeah. yeah. But. No, you can just say it. <laughs> yeah. That's Jupiter. That's that the end of Jupiter. Yeah. The bringer of. Jollity. Yeah. I think because joviality would have been a tautology. I think it would have probably just been joviality. Joviality? Yeah, or jov... Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Let's see if you can recognize this one. We're just kind of playing... This is the Saturn? That's Saturn, yeah. Old age. Drop the needle here. This is is my favorite one. And Holtz is... Wow, that's hard to say on radio. Just like joviality. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to my world. Yeah. (laughs) So Saturn, the bringer of old age. Mm-hmm. Let's see what's next. I would say mm-hmm. Venus. Mm-hmm. Actually, this is Mercury. Mercury. Oh, it yeah. is. Yes, the yes, it's very, it's ridden very quickly. So there's a right. fleetness to yeah, it. Yeah, he's like flying the winged around. messenger. Yes, yeah. carrying a bouquet of flowers. Now, now we're not we're in a non-commercial <laughs> radio station. Oh, uh, yeah. I just thought it was a Canadian thing. <laughs> Check. Okay. For the day. Mercury. Check. Ah, uh, yes. That's Uranus. Mars. That's Mars. This is, this is Mars. not the uh, explosion of the Death Star. This is. Uh, <laughs> it feels like Uranus or Mars. This is yeah, Mars. Mars. Bring you. Holstead Bring is, of war. Right? This is Holstead's greatest moment of Im- impersonating yeah. John Williams. Right. <laughs> see, the guitarist, he, he, right? he was a seer too. He could see into the future. Now this one a little tricky here. Neptune. It is Neptune. It is the mystic. Nice. <laughs> I want to say that chances are very slim that Janet actually knows this music by heart. So Well, I <laughs> love classical impressive. music, but I don't know I'm not as familiar with like it as you guys. Needle, it's, yeah. I, I love yeah. it. I love I listen to it. It's very relaxing. This uh Music actually fades out at the end. It's the yeah. first time that you had music fading out. Mm-hmm. I want to talk some more about that. Yeah. But that's very Neptunian, though, too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, this would be your Venus, no? Yeah, this is Venus. Venus. Yeah. The bringer of peace. Yeah. It sounds very peaceful. Not peace in a political way, but peace in a tranquil way. Yeah. Certainly not peace in a violinistic way. This is a very hard key to play in. So if you've been keeping track, <laughs> the, street, the, the strings last are one scored will be very high in this. This I is noticed. really tricky yeah. to play. Just one more. Well, Venus throws relationships. So this would be your Uranus, right? 
I would Uranus. say Uranus. Yeah. yeah. We 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 finished our quiz with Uranus. Just had to put it out there. Are we in fourth grade? <laughs> no reaction. <laughs> I'm over here making hand signals at you, Brad. Hey, this is the one moment we needed a kazoo. We didn't have it. Yeah. I, I soundboard. Where's the soundboard? Yes. So let's go. So you've had. You, oh no. You brought your kazoo. That's in my pocket. My daughter has it in my pocket because. Were uh, you a Boy Scout? Always be prepared. Always be prepared for the daughter who wants to play the kazoo in the car. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Good. One so, thing we missed actually was Holst inserts himself. You, we talked about whether this was an autobiographical mm-hmm. piece in mm-hmm. some sense. He inserts himself in the Uranus movement. That's it. How do you mean that? In yeah, terms okay, of, you, you can't just leave it at that. Well, <laughs> if you, the beginning of that movement, G. E flat or S A H bum 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 bum. So he's written his That's G- initials S A H mm-hmm. Gustav Holst. So yeah, yeah, literally you mean literally, he's yeah. written himself and, in exactly. So okay. he very much saw himself in that kind of magician role. Interesting. Mm-hmm. In this. Pulling the strings. Yeah. Yeah. So I I, I want to ask about the the order. I think we touched on it a minute ago. I never understood the order of these planets, and and I know that there's no Earth, so I always wondered there's if this no was Earth. a because it's the center. There's no Pluto because well, you know, it hadn't. There wasn't quite, a Pluto. No, there is been, a Pluto. But there well, <laughs> was a Pluto. Pluto was discovered after this piece. After was this written, piece was right. written, and, and then and they asked Holst if he wanted to write a Pluto, and he said no, and then he died. Yeah. So <laughs> Colin and, Matthews wrote a Pluto. Yeah, yeah. And, but he was right because it's not a real. Well, yeah. Then it was discredited, so it was hokey pokey Pluto. It was in. It was out. Um, but astrologically speaking, it Pluto exists. Does a, exist. Yeah, it has yeah. a different. Uh, exists on a different plane. Shall well, we someone say. came up with the fact that many years ago they said it did not exist, and they and there was actually a star that was called Ophicius, and it was a star that they were focusing on that that was in place of Pluto, and that was just it. It was not true. Wow. Yeah, every time something like that happens, I get a zillion calls at my office. <laughs> it's like I get this migraine, you know, because it's like people, and I go on Facebook, blah, 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 this, and they're still calling. Oh my God, am I not a Leo? Am I not an Aquarius? It's like, oh my gosh. Right. <laughs> so well, the order? Is- so Zach- I think the the order, um, if you think of it in theosophical terms, <clears throat> you're it's kind of progressing through stages of being. Okay. You're starting with the beat bringer of war mm-hmm. and then you're ascending through to the mystic and that would be kind of kind of like cycling up through and that's that's uh it's a theory that was actually proposed by a filmmaker and todd i think it's todd palmer though i'm i i can't be 100 percent sure of the name um he he did this investigation into um host and and his claim is that these that these movements are kind of ascensions of a spiritual plane. And that's why Mars, the bringer of war, is at the lowest plane. But then the, the bringer of peace is just secondary. It just Absolutely. comes right after yeah, war. It's interesting. interesting that yeah. it's, so you're uh, not talking in terms of how it aspects the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, you're talking in terms of a, a different aspect. Because I'm, I'm going with uh, mm-hmm. Mercury first and then Venus and Mars. Yes, and that's why, that that's why they didn't, he did not. Sh- yeah. This is, and this is Palmer's claim. I don't, I mean, I haven't, 
done the research that he did. Mm-hmm. But it's it's his claim that 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 he chose to arrange these because he felt they were ascensions. Yeah. That's so is Mars Spiritual the most ascension. immature? One. So we have Mars. So, Kind of, it's yeah. reactionary. It's yeah. more the planet yeah. of aggression and reactionary. Impul- yeah, mm-hmm. thank you. It's impulse yeah. control issues. Th- yeah. Does that address what you wanted to talk about, Zach? Is there an astrological uh, justification for the order? If you were to think about it, that Mars would start, then followed by Venus, then Mercury, then Jupiter. Well, is, there, I, is there something about ruling planets or, or well, conflict depends, within? Yeah, because it depends on how close it is to the Earth. Like Mercury is the closest planet to the Earth, whereas Pluto is the furthest. I believe Pluto mm-hmm. is the furthest. Mm-hmm. So with, when you look at the, the closeness, the, the stronger, the closer it is to the Earth, the more so we feel its effect. Mm-hmm. And so because Mercury, when it goes retrograde, which is in March through March 19th through April uh, 15, uh, Mercury's in retrogression, which, so we feel that effect a lot more. Whereas with Pluto, we don't feel it as much until it gets closer to the Earth's vibration. So anything that's so close to the Earth is where we feel the effects of it. And we have Mars retrograding in June, by the way, June 26th through April, uh, I'm sorry, August 28th. And that is a really heavy retrograde. Talk about retrogression in um, terms of it being an Aquarius going into Capricorn. So we're going to see a lot of political upheaval during that time. Just, just a little FYI. <laughs> oh, great. You heard it here first. <laughs> and then Venus is retrograde in October through November. So, but, but the, whenever the planets in order are um, so close to the Earth, therefore we feel their effects. So hmm. I, I do think that they make a, it makes a difference. When I do a reading, I always start with Mercury hmm. and how it's affecting people. And of course, Venus, because it's about money and, you know, yeah. and relationships. I asked everybody to um, think about what planet they would associate themselves with if they had to choose one. And I don't – this could be completely arbitrary, but I, I did – There's only so few to – Yeah. Um, the, Zach, evidently the email was lost in the mail somewhere, so – I can recover that. But you can you <laughs> yeah. can lead off and tell us what planet you would identify with. Well, I don't think of it as a planet as they are in the heavens right now. I, I, I understand this assignment to be which of the Holst planet characterizations. Right. right. And, and let me just say, one of the reasons I love this piece is that it's very episodic. Um, and it's also very cinematic, so that each of these seven uh, moments—I wouldn't even call them movements—they're—they're—they're they're, they're portraits or caricatures, very tone poemy, uh, tone, tone poemy, and hosts. words. That's really tricky. Word. <laughs> is that a real word? Poemy. 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 It is now. It's yeah. a tone poemic. I'm sure that works. Yeah, something like that. No, no need to get polemical. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> All right, that's enough. Um, <laughs> thank you, Brad. The um, the the if you think of these as as independent um, uh, works, you know, Mars is famous for standing on its own. Jupiter is famous mm-hmm. for standing on its own. Jupiter is kind of the the centerpiece of it all. You have three three planets ascending into Jupiter and then three planets coming out of Jupiter. Uh, Saturn for me, though, right after J- Jupiter and all of the, the drama in that music, Saturn for me is the one that stands on its own. I feel like yeah. it, 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 it has enough um, breadth of soft to loud. There's, there's depth in the orchestration that I think doesn't necessarily exist in the other planets. And if I were to just take one of these, I wouldn't take Mars, even though it's probably the most popular. And I wouldn't take Jupiter, even though it has some glorious themes. But I would take Saturn. Yeah. So you identify with that breadth and that depth. Yeah. The, well, it, and and um, the music keeps ringing in my ears afterwards. Yeah. What's your sign? I'm a Sagittarius. Oh. 
Sag. We're nice. Aww. We're nice people. High five, Sag. <laughs> We're nice people. You're very generous. Yeah. Now, well, Felicia, I have back any time. She's generous and philosophical and very compassionate. What Aww. you see is what you get. Yeah. So here, here's Felicia. <laughs> True Sag. Here's Felicia describing why she chose the planet oh, she gosh. did. She says, I imagine this little red character, Anger. In Pixar's Inside Out, yeah. who acts impulsively like and is Merwin, full of passion. <laughs> I do. So, can you guess her planet? Mars. Mars. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's ruled by Mars because she's an Aries anyway. That's See? True. Right. It all worked. Yeah. <laughs> so, you're just a little spitfire is what you're saying. Right? I... People or you're have just told angry. me that. You're angry all the time. People have... Not angry uh, no, all the I time, don't, I hope. No, I think I people see just see... See me as um, I've been impulsive, and I've recognized that in certain points in my yeah. life. But you're loyal too, which is not a Mars characteristics. You're loyal because you must have some Taurus in your chart. Aww. You must because you can <laughs> yeah. tell she's loyal and consistent. Yeah, consistent. I chose right. Jupiter. Actually, my wife chose Jupiter for me because she says I'm a, ga- a gassy giant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have a red spot. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's not leave that one alone, please. <laughs> not, not that I'm not that I'm able to see myself, but but I will say that when before we got on the air and and Janet and I were talking with Felicia, she just came right out and identified ID'd me as a Gemini. So I thought that was impressive for what it's worth. <laughs> but I didn't get Merwin, which is interesting because I thought he was more of a – what did I say you were, a Pi- Pisces or something? Mm. And you're Aquarius. I am an Aquarius. Yeah. yeah. What planet did you choose, the mis- Merwin? Wait, the I, mystic, right? I, I, I actually <laughs> chose Mercury. Um, I think there's something about the fleetness of it and kind of – it's a very communicative movement. I can totally picture yeah. you like in that – yeah, that outfit, yeah. the, the hat and the wings oh, no. and the, but the, the that, little slippers. It, it is a very dashing around sort of movement, and that kind of fits my self-image. I feel like I'm dashing around he all the is time. is everywhere. Yeah. All the time, and I feel it's like... hard to catch up. So if you were a reindeer, you'd be Dasher. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Except after the Christmas season when I'd be blitzing. <laughs> or just <gosh>. blitzed. <laughs> I seem to resonate to that to the Venus, the, the Venus one. And I'm yeah. not ruled by Venus. I'm ruled by Jupiter. But I love the Venus. Mm-hmm. That's what stuck with me the mm-hmm. most. I just, there was something about it. It had a sort of a sweet, bittersweet yeah. Yeah, sense to it. It is. And we have to remember that he was composing this 100 years ago. Yeah. And our understanding of the planets, even from what they looked like, was still very um, early stage. So, you know, in order to understand these characterizations from an astronomical perspective was still infancy. So, you know, it it is really wonderful to have you here today to think about the astrological implications. I think more and more that's exactly what he was doing, which honestly... Um, makes us makes me wonder why we end up pairing a lot of these performances with the images of the planets. Yeah, because that might not be the the impulse behind Holst, and and we won't be doing that for this performance. Can I make a comment about Holst? Some I just want to say something about when he wrote about the planets and the music yeah. and everything. You know how I what I when I walked in, I was telling you, you know, and Felicia, I said, you know, when I look at the planets or the chart, they talk to me. And I and I hear them actually in my head telling me about the person that I'm looking at their chart, you know. So I think he did the same thing with his music. 
Mm-hmm. I think he was so in tune with the planets vibrationally mm-hmm. and that frequency, he was in tune with the frequency of what was going on in the skies. And I think that's how he, he wrote his music mm-hmm. because I was, I just got this, this thought about him and it was, I mm-hmm. think he was sort of psychic or maybe that's not the right word, but just in tuned. Yeah. Because I feel, I do the same thing, but I don't write music, but I, I communicate with my clients about what I see, but it's, but his was communication through music. Yes. You know, you should publish a, a, a book of uh, charts of the great composers. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, right? would that, would that would be, be really yeah. interesting. Well, I'm writing a bunch of books now. God knows. You know, the time has just flown by. Um, uh, so we we may have to pick this up. See if you're available next week to come and <laughs> talk some more. I'd love to talk with you guys anytime. The Planets are being performed by the Toledo Symphony. That concert is February 2nd and 3rd at the Paris Style at 8 o'clock p.m., paired with music of Richard Strauss. My thanks to Zach Vassar, Merwin Sue, Felicia Canny, and, of course, Janet Amid. You can read more about Janet and learn about everything that she does at her website. That is JanetAmid.com, Janet, and then AMID.com. Toledo Symphony Lab is generously underwritten by a gift from the estate of Barbara Garwood and is a production of WGTE Public Media in collaboration with our sponsor, the Toledo Symphony. You can download episodes of this program as a podcast by going to our website, that's at WGTE.org, or subscribing on Apple Podcasts. I'm Brad Cresswell, and you've been listening to Toledo Symphony Lab here on FM 91.